0: It's a fancy plants podcast. We're
1: talking plants like orchids and familiar. The fancy plants podcast. Come
0: on, we're, we're talking, talking plants.
1: plants like annuals paredes, It's all about them. the plants.
0: Hello, fellow plant accumulators. I really wanted to say that because I felt really. <laughs> like, I like that one. Like like sci-fi. Plant accumulator and you like wave your arms around and you are getting plants. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good that was a good <laughs> visual.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I went full nerd there. Uh welcome to Fancy Plants Podcast, episode number twelve. We are here. I'm Chris and here as always with Sue.
2: Hello. And Amanda. Hello. Tell me about your week, ladies. I had a great week. We uh my oldest son and I went to Jasper and met up with my best friend and her, her, youngest. And, um, we went hiking and touring around Jasper for the weekend. And then I went to Edmonton and I stayed at my daughter's house. I had some business to do there and we did a lot of walking there. Went up and down White Ave quite a few times, walked around some parks in Edmonton. It was great. Had a great, great weekend. Week- she lives pretty close to White Ave. Yep. Yeah. She's actually right by the university. Um, And White Ave, so it's, like, right-handy there. Her apartment's really cute. Huge windows. They face south and east, so I'm kind of jealous of that. Lots of space for plants. Lots of space, yeah.
1: How about you, Amanda? I was on vacation. You guys actually let me go on vacation, (laughs) so that was pretty nice. Um, So we were uh, just outside of Revelstoke in British Columbia. So I got to spend some time with some 500-year-old cedars. Mm -hmm. I may have shed a tear. I was so... Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, oh, the smell and just trees that size. I needed the break. It was uh well deserved.
0: And the break in nature too. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. I know you sent us some pictures. They were beautiful.
1: Yeah, I was uh I was having a moment. <laughs> I wish you could do
2: scratch and sniff on pictures. Right? Cuz like when you send ones from your from your uh your tree tree nursery there i always just want to scratch and sniff and when you sent those ones especially because they were cedar trees right after the rain cedar trees smell the
1: best we had uh we had rain one morning and we were sitting in the hot springs and surrounded by cedars and yeah not gonna lie it was pretty damn good oh, that yeah was really nice
0: i have to i do want to say that if there were um scratch and sniff photos i think there should be an age limit <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
2: i can see you wouldn't want to smell anything my husband sends <laughs> <laughs> or you have to pass
0: some sort of test or something i don't know
2: yeah <laughs> it would be good though um it would be good if it was like something in nature then oh well, like even that because i just seen a picture of bear scat so <laughs> but you'd have to scratch it to sniff it
1: so then you'd have the choice that's true You yeah could see with my cautious. luck my husband would send me the pull my finger ones mm. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I don't even want to think about what my husband would send or my nieces and nephews. Oh, oh yeah. you know, <laughs> Oh, look, I got this scratch and sniff photo from my 11 year old nephew. I'm not scratching that.
2: <laughs> yeah. My, uh... sorry, Jessica for this story, but it's funny. My daughter, my husband told her a long time ago when she was like two or three, a story. And she always held on to the story. So when she was probably about eight, she took a fart in a jar and put the lid on it and put it on the heat register. And now this heat sat on the heat register for like a couple of years. And one of my really, really good friends <laughs> was over and she's like, she works at a bank. She's like a little more prim and proper. And I love her to death was, for it. Was the jar labeled? No, no, it was just like a, it was just like a jam jar. <laughs> that was all clean. Worst And Jessica comes ever. up to her and she's like, smell this. And so she smells it. My girlfriend opens it up and she takes a nice big smell. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> and then Jessica's like, I farted in it. <laughs> and I was like, thank God you're pretty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, sometimes you just don't want to smell things. I always question, especially if it's one of my kids, be, even my husband, question it. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, now everybody knows how we feel about scratch and sniff photos, and which don't farts even in exist. in a jar. So farts and and jar.
2: farts in a jar. So that's that's a little tidbit of it. <laughs> life raising Uh, kids with me Jessica's dying a million deaths right now (laughs) she doesn't listen so that's okay
0: (laughs) Oh, she does after I message her Um, so this week I picked up a new hobby because heaven forbid I shouldn't have enough things to do so I've been doing a lot of research into creating concrete plant pots and I'm not talking about going to the store picking a bag of gray concrete and just throwing it into a mold this has, like, been a labor of love now for three or four weeks. So I now understand the chemistry of concrete, the different kinds of concrete there are, which kinds you should use for pots. Um, and I'm actually going to a concrete store in Edmonton next weekend, and I'm going to pepper them with questions. And so I started pouring. Uh, I have some silicone molds, which are shockingly expensive. Um, so, yeah, it's been really fun. So I, I poured only one plant-bottom like saucer so far. It turned out really pretty, and now I'm getting into aggregates and making mortar and yeah it's, it's been really interesting there's a lot of um science behind concrete that I had no idea about so learning that has been really interesting I know Sue your husband is actually in concrete he that's his job so he knows a lot more than me but you know I'm pouring pouring pot hey gotta start somewhere and I, I think
2: the pots
1: that you have done so far and the little trays are beautiful they're going to be fantastic
0: thank you I'm having lots of
1: fun I, I love the fact that this is coming from a woman with the best shoe collection I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. It is. Uh, I love that you, you ventured out and then tried. I know you talked about it for a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I just always need to. I like to learn things and I like to know that I can do them. And then I like to move on to the next thing. I'm a builder, not a maintainer. So Maybe there'll be some silicone plant molds for sale in the next six months. (laughs) Who knows? Although I actually think this is really fun because I can make things for my own house. And then, you know, if I get, if I decide that I get good enough at it, maybe I'll, you know, throw some on Marketplace or whatever. And, and uh, I just kind of want to get fancy about it. So it is actually really hard to find, I find, I'm finding it hard to find good information online that I, so I've been taking like bits and pieces of all sorts of things and trying to put it together and, and you just I figure how to figure out how to do it on your own and then go from there.
2: I was going to say just from growing up in a you know or growing up or having you know a concrete family um <laughs> but um with our with it there seems to be so many different ways you can approach it like there's some basic guidelines and then there's as you learn and you can do things and you'll you'll find what works for you.
1: Yeah, sure. it's been fun. It's, that's like growing tomato plants, right? Like, here's your general guidelines, but person A swears by, you know, this method, person B swears by this method. And as far as A and B are concerned, the other one is wrong. Yeah. But they all get tomatoes, so. Well, that's the
0: thing. If if I, if I manage to make a pot that doesn't fall apart, I win. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I, I think you're going to do great at it, and I kind of am jealous. Because I'm kind of like you. You come over,
0: we'll do it together. Come on over. Yeah.
2: I'm like you. I like to pick something new every year and learn it. Is there wine involved? Can I come? Always. Uh, All right. I'm in.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know what? That'd be really fun, actually. We could come and we could do a big pour and we could do all, we can get like colors and yeah. Okay. I'm getting excited. So
1: can you imagine our poor husbands having to come pick up our drunk asses with, you know, concrete (laughs) all over us? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time that I had
0: like. I think that <laughs> I might, that might be like that happen. Jeff's fetish, though, because he's in concrete. Yeah, so he he's gonna like that when Sue's covering. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm not
2: going. I'm gonna I've helped finish concrete before. <laughs> I've done concrete stamping.
0: <laughs> it's a uh, it's a lot of work, but it's fun.
2: It's it's fun. Yeah, I like it. I like that you're doing that.
0: Uh, thank you. We have plant friends, so we actually have a different way we've done plant friends today. So Shaness68 on Instagram was the winner of our clipping contest and we had announced that last week so we finally were able to come together and we have all of the clippings here that we're going to be shipping out to her they should be in the mail today actually uh so S 68 watch for that message for the tracking number uh so we have uh, some clippings from each of us so amanda why don't you tell us who you have with us that were uh who we had with us i guess i I guess (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: um we've got uh i i grabbed three um I, had, I was kind of limited on what area of my house I could pick from, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, so we've got uh, Deshidia or Nathana, and that's a white diamond Deshidia. I've got uh, Hoya Rosita, which is actually a really cool kind of hybrid between Wyeti and another one. It's, it's pretty neat. And I grabbed a cutting of Hoya Waieti as well. They're
0: so pretty. They are so pretty. So that's some really amazing hoya coming your way, Shaunus 68 I have a Skindopsis Silvery Ann. It's actually a full plant, so that'll be coming your way, as well as a clipping of Hoya Memoria. Those little leaves are so cute, and also a nice fast grower for you uh, in case you maybe wanted something that was going to pay off real fast. Marble Queen Pothos clipping. Um, nice. My Marble Queen Pothos grows really beautiful leaves, so. I think I do enjoy them yeah. more than others
2: for sure. And I have uh philodendron mycens, just a little little rooted plant with about six six leaves on it. I got some variegated string of hearts and a philodendron brantianum.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's really great. Those are um really raising up actually in the philodendron world I find it. I saw yeah, a they're full pretty plant. hot after, yeah. Yeah, and it was like expensive. So shaunus 68 as we promised, we are not sending crap clippings. (laughs) So you can uh, expect to hear from us very soon with that tracking number if it's not already in your inbox. All right. That concludes our introduction. And we want to talk now about something that's going to be happening now in our homes. You're probably going to have more than one spider mite because it is turning into bug
1: season. Yeah, it bugs me. Yeah, unfortunately, with the uh, with the cooler weather, especially up here where we are in northern Alberta, you know, the humidity's dropping, our days are getting shorter, furnaces are starting to turn on, and I I don't know. Okay, so I think we all struggle from time to time, and I know in the last few weeks, I have been struggling a little bit with the season change. You know, mental health is not always uh, our best. Uh, thing up here. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> right? Everybody's like, "Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've just kind of been autopilot watering for the last few weeks, and I looked up at my Hoya Carnosa gray ghost, and it is absolutely riddled with spider mite right no. now. Oh no. So my entire office, where all of my orchids are, all of my favorite plants, is now a quarantine zone. And I should have known, I probably should have put a humidifier on, I should have made sure that the furnace vent was covered, or at least deflected away from the plants, and here we are, fighting spider mite.
0: I'm really sorry to hear that. And of course, it's always in your favorite plant room.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, none of the clippings that we have here today were from anywhere near there. They've <laughs> all been inspected. Yeah. Everything is clean. So, just to nice. be... Very clear about that. <laughs> well,
2: I think I won the thrips that I was having. I am getting worried because it is spider mite season. We are having a fruit fly. They're kind of like fungus gnats, but they're a little bit reddish tinged bums on them. Um, epidemic at our house, so I'm like, oh, fungus gnats are next, and they're just annoying. Like they're not really harmful. They're just annoying. But yeah, I uh, I'm worried about spider mite season, and I also had some. Mealy pop up on a couple of cactuses, so I chucked two of them. One of them's gonna be easy to treat, and it didn't have very much. It just had like one little white spot on it. It's actually quite satisfying to touch <laughs> that little white mealy with a little Q tip of of um, rubbing alcohol, and watching it kind of shrivel up, turn red. Yeah, you get picked up by that Q tip, and you're <laughs> just like, yeah, that was that was a good. Not today. Yeah, <laughs> not today, <laughs> mealy. <laughs>
1: it was it's great but yeah it's bug season like it just is it's drier definitely time to start paying a little more attention and inspecting those plants if those leaves don't look quite right have a closer look yeah i just want to jump
0: back because amanda uh you mentioned living where we live and so for listeners we have listeners all over the world which is super cool to see in our analytics so thank you so much we live in a really unique part of the world where we are pretty far north. So I would encourage you jump onto Google Maps and just search for Grand Prairie, Grand with an E, in Alberta, and you'll see how far north we are. So what happens is we have these long, beautiful summer days where the sun's setting at midnight and coming up at four. But then that means we pay for that in the winter. When the sun's coming up at nine and setting at four <laughs> yeah oh, so yeah. you know we we actually live in one of the sunniest places in the world. We have about twenty two hundred hours of sunshine a year, of course, most of those happen during the summer now, so thankfully we have a we have fairly sunny winters, so uh we of course get a lot of snow and cold, but we do get a lot of sunshine yeah. as well
1: fun fun fact about sunny winters yep. is uh <laughs> when the sun is out and it looks beautiful it is way too cold to go outside and do cold. anything yeah it like chokes you you go outside and the air is
2: so cold it causes you to choke
0: it's super cold so we definitely pay for those those long summers and so I, I you know there's lots of people who will live in tropical climates and who will live in a temperate climates, whereas we're so very extreme and so our furnaces are turning on right now and something I think that's been interesting to hear is It sounds like when the furnaces come on, that's when the spider mites come out. Are are they living in our vents? Like, where do they
1: actually come from? Spider mite, thrip, all that stuff is so tiny. It will actually, in the summer when you're enjoying those long days and you have your window screens open or your windows open, they're going to come in through the screens. You you know, you let Fido out for a run. He's tearing through the grass. They're going to come in through the grass, like on your dog. I went crab apple picking the other day because I was actually feeling a little bit motivated. Now I have a ton of jelly I need to make. That's just a whole nother motivation I need to find. I'm okay with it. But. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But like coming, coming home, I had the apples in my truck and all of a sudden there's little black aphids all over the window. So the apples are still sitting outside. Mm. Um. But they can come in on fruit. Uh, you know, you're out cleaning up your garden. They're going to come in on clothes. And a lot of bugs thrive um, when your plants are feeling a little stressed. So mm-hmm. there's been a sudden change in the amount of light. Because our, j- our days change fast. So fast. And the humidity has dropped. Um, the fun thing about humidity is... At warmer temperatures, the air is physically capable of holding more moisture. Mm-hmm. Uh, at lower temperatures, it can't hold as much moisture. So um, uh, a 20% humidity is like it drops.
0: And then you wonder why you can't sleep.
1: <laughs> oh, exactly. Why you can't sleep, why <laughs> yeah. you can't breathe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, our, our plants are a little stressed right now. We're definitely not on our A-game with the season change. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, that seasonal change, you get a little depressed about it.
0: Absolutely. And you don't, it's really hard to predict here
1: when it's going to happen. So oh, yeah. It's like Tuesday.
0: Yeah. And so actually, so now it's cool. So it's in our, you know, the maybe low 10s. But on coming up this week, it's going to be low 20s in celsius and that's that was really nice weather for this time of year
2: yeah but it still drops at night so much so drastically um i like that little little meme i've seen where it says like um we will be having winter from this time to this time so it'll be like you know seven o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock in the morning and then it'll be like fall we'll start at this time we'll have summer between two and three and then (laughs) Oh, exactly. W- we go winter. from
0: turning on the defrost in the morning to air conditioning in the afternoon on a consistent basis in the in the when the seasons are changing.
1: We had yeah. uh, one day last week at work; one of our greenhouses got down to one point seven degrees. Ooh. Ooh! And that particular day, Pressing. it went up to twenty four in the afternoon. Yeah, it's kind of depressing. And it's I
2: noticed driving home from Edmonton, which is about a four hour drive. As we get closer to Grand Prairie, the, la- the leaves on the trees are changing more and more. Oh, yeah. And you know when they're changing, there's going to be that day. It could be this week that we get that extreme wind and all of a sudden our trees are pretty bare. And so that's depressing. And you kind of brace yourself and you know it's going to be cold and you know you're going to have to shovel and you're going to have to start mm-hmm. your vehicles and mm-hmm. let them run for a bit in the morning. and it just And that you leave for work in the dark and you come home in the dark. I mean, My husband
0: gets sad because we have a deal where... In the summer, you can have the whole entire garage, but in the winter, half of that garage is mine. There's no debate, there's no <laughs> there's no backing down from that my car as soon as it gets frosty is in the garage because i ref- I don't want to scrape and show and like scrape snow off. I don't
2: yeah, I'm sad. I miss parking in the garage because we have a what they call a two- car garage, but it's literally a two-car garage, and I drive a big truck so it uh, doesn't fit in the garage. And it's like one thing I miss a lot. Just going into a warm vehicle, not having to brush it off with the snow.
0: Maybe you bought some plants and you need to bring them in the house.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had to run into the house before and grab. And I'm sure you guys might have had to do this before. You grab a blanket and you like
1: wrap it around your plants, bundle it all up and then run to the door really quick. Totally. <laughs> I, I take the blanket into the greenhouse with me. I'm just like, I'm here to buy plants. So I'm just going to bring my blanket in. Yeah. I have done that before yeah. if I know I'm going to buy plants. My plant
2: blanket. But yes. sometimes you just see a plant, you're like, mm, I want that. My mom actually made a quilted bag, a big bag, for plants. She gave it away at one of the plant group uh, meetups when we were allowed to have more than six people meet up at once. <laughs> we, she made this beautiful quilted bag for plants so that you can put them in. And...
0: Oh, that's a rad idea.
2: I know. I think she should make a whole bunch of those and sell them because I think they would sell.
1: I would I, see where those crazy people though at like minus 30 or like I wasn't intending on buying a plant so you take off your winter parka yeah and you put your plant in it and you bundle it up and you your baby. beeline like a maniac through the parking lot looking like a lunatic or you pull shirt to, to the door to the uh
0: to the door and you're like hey well sorry traffic
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> my favorite
2: is when you go to a box store and you see all these people because they just got a plant shipment and it's minus like 30 oh. out or even like after twenty five, it's cold. Like it's drastically feels colder than like if it was minus like nineteen. And they're just walking in their carts with their oh, cart full that of plants, and you're just I feel like so ah. bad, for and them. you want to stop them and be like, "Don't go
0: outside." You can't stop them because you got to get to their car.
1: I know. <laughs> oh, I know. I feel so bad for them, though. I'm just like, oh, you're going to be so disappointed, and that really mm. sucks. Yeah,
0: but the bugs will be dead. True. Very true. <laughs> so back to bug season. What are some preventative things? that we can do i know i have a couple things that i do uh what do you ladies do
2: you know i used to spray like in my my plant mister i used to put a drop or two of peppermint oil in and i honestly had a good couple years run with not having spider mites or anything like that and i'm gonna go back and try that and see if it works again now that i put my bird i had a parrot so i stopped doing that and i put them in a different room there's still plants in there but they're not so bug prone they're mostly like cactus, and sansevieria. So in
1: the other room, I'm going to spray with that and see if that helps. I usually uh, try and do a beneficial bug order. Uh, Right around this time of year, uh, you can get uh, uh, persimilis mites that do a really great work on knocking down any potential spider mite numbers. They're a really good preventative measure. Because I've um, dropped the ball. Uh, I am going to have to spray some pesticides, but I'm just—I don't want to risk the rest of my office. So it, I'm just—I'm yeah. going in like full, like Rambo uniform warfare, <laughs> like it's happening. And just a word
2: to the warning: watch with some plants. Like you know how like you get something, maybe a carpet cleaner. It says spot test on a piece of carpet. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely with some of those sprays, I would spot test. I had sprayed some um, Hoya with, with a pretty popular brand when I had some thrips that were in that room. And unfortunately, it did affect the Hoya leaves. It was too much for them. So
1: I, I kind of, my plants aren't as full and beautiful as they once were. So, Absolutely. Uh, Leaf test I- I- is key. But uh, some other things you can do as well is, uh, and it's good for you too, is run a humidifier. Yeah. And a lot of people here,
2: especially if you have a newer house, there's a humidifier built right onto your, your furnace. And I know people shut it off because they're like, what? But I mean, it's not only good for you if you have hardwood floor. It's good for your hardwood floor. It just, it, but it helps. And a lot of times people have sinus problems when there's weather changes and it gets cold because it's dry. I think
0: it can get down to like 10, 12 percent. Absolutely. And that is low. Yeah, That's low. Um, I actually bought a little mini humidifier for my office, my home office, because I've started trying another Calathea collection. Calathea? Whatever. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a little humidifier for that, but uh, I'm thinking it might be time to throw one on the furnace because it really does help you and just you be healthier to sleep. I already have trouble sleeping, so why add to that problem? Why not just,
1: you know, do something good for good for your house? Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that you can do as well is that most home reno stores, they sell these really cheap little plastic covers that go over top of your furnace vents and they just direct the Mm, the air across the floor, which means you get warmer faster and it's not blowing dry air Mm. uh, up on your plants and spreading stuff.
2: Yeah. Like a lot of people will have them to go under their furniture. Like our couch sits over top of a heat register because it's a huge... Sectional couch, and then we have one of those so that it directs it out underneath the couch instead of blowing it up onto the couch and not really being that effective. So you can use those to direct away from your your plant.
0: Well, that's a good point. We're we're talking about forced air, of course. Absolutely here. Yep. Uh, we don't do radiator heating or electric heating, generally speaking, unless you're in a small apartment or something like that. Yeah. it would be way too cost prohibitive <laughs> oh. to try I and. Mean, and we can supplement with fireplaces and things like that, but it is generally forced air, which does push those little buggos into. Into the air and onto our plants for us. So Absolutely. I also do mites as well. I do at least one, one round. Sometimes two. Uh, so I'll be putting it in an order for those this week just to hopefully get ahead of any problems that I've never had a spider mite infestation. I think I knocked on one about that once before, and hoping this year is the same. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda. Uh, it's it's all right. It's <laughs> been a few
1: years for me. It's it's probably been, oh gosh, um, it's probably been fifteen years. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys out
0: there in listener land, if you have ways to um, prepare for bug season, why don't you share them with us? Tell us about maybe some of the tips and tricks that you might have. Um, Better community would love to hear them. And we'll give you our social media information at the end of the episode. Uh, And talking about bugs, bugs, of course, wreck our plants. Um, Also kind of gross. Like, do you really want a bunch of bugs in your house? You have them anyway, but do you want to know? Maybe not. What, what they do, of course, is they damage your plants. And so we're going to talk a little bit about plant first aid today as our main topic. Uh, there's lots of ways plants get hurt. There's lots of ways plants, uh, you know, get damaged and all that, all that terrible stuff. So we have a list here of things that we want to talk about. So Sue, why don't you start us off?
2: Well, I'm going to start with the one that I've seen a lot of posts online. What to do with a broken or a bent stem or leaf? how to fix that, what you should do at that point. And one of the things that I've seen that it says is um, that people have suggested is if it's a bent leaf, put a straw, slice it lengthwise and put that over and then that'll give it like strength again. So I'm going to ask Amanda this. Does
1: that work? Will that heal or will you have to leave that there forever? Um, That's uh, that's a relatively new um, DIY fix. so I can't say for sure. I know there are some uh, plants in particular, like uh, a pisca. So that's uh, chocolate soldiers or flame violets. Um, if, that, if their branches crack, absolutely, you can kind of, you know, put it together there, throw a little bit of soil over top of it, and it will root out from that cracked, that cracked section there. You don't even need to put a straw on it. So I'm going to... I'm going to make a bold statement and say in some cases that will work until the leaf is fixed. Um, Other cases, I'm going to say uh, grab a pair of scissors and probably a very tall drink Mm -hmm. and just get yourself comfortable to the point where you can just cut that leaf off. Your plant will fill back in. It might have a bare spot for a while, but it'll fill back in.
0: I love it when you're bold.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I usually do that. I'll like cut and then I'll root it. Like I'll cut where you can't root it, mm-hmm. like a node, if that's what's needed. And then I'll root it when it breaks. I did tape one once. It worked for like three weeks, and then it was like the leaf was gonna die. It was on a split leaf philodendron. My dog's tail beat the living crap out of it, so I taped it, and I was like, "Oh, this is working." And then all of a sudden, the leaf started not doing so good. But could have been the adhesive in the tape. It could have been that it just. I think some damaged. plants
0: it might be good for, and some plants I agree. Yeah, not.
1: that's it's worth
0: a, a shot. It'll be an interesting Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for
2: Sure. I think it's worth a shot. So that was that was the one I I would kind of want because it's one I've seen lots of little tips on, and I I wondered I think with some plants it might work. Myself, I'm... I love this topic because
0: Sue is a first aid instructor, and I wonder Sue, are you in your mind? Are you kind of putting some comparisons together? Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Absolutely, I'm like bandages. Straw it like is like this. the splint. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I don't have plant CPR advice. <laughs> um, breathing on your plant is probably, you know, it won't care. It's not gonna hurt it. Yeah, but it's not gonna hurt it, but it's probably like, hey,
0: <laughs> instead of air, you could overwater your plant.
2: Absolutely. So That's a tough one. What should we do? Because, I mean, it happens. Sometimes you overwater. Maybe you're like, or this this week or not, I don't know. And you just water it again. Or maybe you went away and you have someone taking care. I see lots of that. Um, And someone taking care of your plants and they overwater a plant. How do we fix that? What's one thing to do?
0: I've read pull that plant out immediately and start
1: drying it out a bit
0: and then repot it.
1: I have done that and it works. Absolutely. I always tell people, um, go into your, your kitchen and get a, uh, a baking tray and one of like the cookie cooling racks with like the grate on it. Set the tray on your counter, set the, the drain rack in there, pull that baby out of the pot and just leave it sit on your counter. Get as much air at the root ball as you possibly can and, and let it dry out. Sometimes, though, if it's a little too far gone, you've got root rot in there. You can either take the soil off, trim off all your dead roots. Um, my first line of defense when I've got root rot is I always cut the plant back. Mm. And I'll start, I'll start cutting it back in increments to uh, a spot, because obviously I'm going to let it dry out. And then I keep cutting it back till I get to a size where the roots that it has left can easily support that many leaves. And I think that's a
2: thing that most people forget about is that your root system has to support your leaves. So if you cut everything down, so it's just like one basic root, but you had, you know, a hundred leaves on the plant, that's, you're going to probably have some troubles because that root can't nourish those mm-hmm. leaves as well.
1: Yeah. My, uh, my Hindu rope was, Probably seven feet long, and I looked at it one day, and it had all sorts of wrinkly leaves, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, no. So I just started cutting it back, and eventually um, it went from a seven-foot-long plant to probably about an eight-inch-long plant.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I'm going through that right now, and I trimmed off some roots. And the stuff I cut off, um, the healthier stuff I rooted. Oh, absolutely. So So you never totally lose your plant if you do that.
0: For the beginners out there, what does... uh, what do you look for when
1: you're looking at root rot? Okay, so root rot and underwatering, unfortunately, look the same. You're, you got yellow wilted leaves, uh, like if it's a, a Hoya that's got thick leaves, they'll get all wrinkly and you're like, oh my gosh, my plant needs water. Before you water, stick your fingers in the dirt. And stick them down, like not just like the
2: first few millimeters on nope. the dirt. Stick them down to like, I always say the big knuckle.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All
1: the
2: way up to your knuckle. Get it in there deep.
1: Yeah. I guess I mean more like
0: when you pull the plant out and you're looking at the roots themselves.
1: Oh, OK. Um, you're going to see uh, brown, brown, mushy roots. It might smell funny. Um, and if you, you just
0: chop off where you see the line between the healthy and the rotted roots.
1: Uh, A little bit back from that. You want to make sure that it's, you know, you don't want your scissors to have gross on one side and nice white root on the other side. A little bit back into the white and pro tip, clean your scissors in between cuts. Yeah,
2: with, uh, like, I guess you can do soapy water, but I always use a little bit of rubbing alcohol.
1: I I use a a 10% bleach solution and just away you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually dealt with root rot, not that i (laughs) have Not to say I've never had it, just to say I've never dealt with it. <laughs> so um, you also mentioned when you when your plant is too dry, there's going to be some symptoms in your plant that maybe are the same as overwatering. But is it is it also true that if your soil gets too dry, it can become where like it doesn't absorb water anymore, mm-hmm. hydrophobic.
2: Yeah, that word. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever picked up a plant and like you put it under the tap? Maybe you're like, oh, this is dry and water is like running out at the bottom right away. Absolutely. And then you think, oh, okay, ran out at the bottom. That's good. That's not usually good because it's um, not soaking, holding 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 the water.
1: So uh, first off, if your plant is wilted, uh, don't drown it. It's like somebody who's dehydrated, right? You want to get water into them. But if you make them drink 10 liters of water all at once, they are not going to feel good. <sighs> They're going to puke. Yeah. 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 Uh, so little sips of water till you get it rehydrated. If your soil is hydrophobic, put, I don't know, a couple centimeters, half inch of water into your uh, tub, uh, tub, sink, kitchen sink, whatever. Mm-hmm. Set it in there and let it absorb from the bottom. Butt chugging. But chugging. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my, like, if something is too dry. I definitely let it butt chug for, for like a good hour or so. And um So
0: does the soil then
2: change back to being able to hold water? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yep. But it's just like a really, really dry sponge. Right? You mm. stick that hard little yellow sponge <laughs> under the stick. <laughs> totally. And sometimes it, it takes a while for it to like absorb all the way through and get all thick and, and full again. Okay. So yeah. you gotta wring it out. We don't wring out the plant, but In a sense, you do. Depends on how mad it made me.
0: (laughs) 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 Look what you made me do. Showing you the plant, every other plant. Pretty much, yeah. But that's
1: going to be you. Yeah.
0: Um, Any other tips for when you dry out a plant? Just very gentle rehydration. is. Gentle rehydration
1: is a big one. Don't fertilize a plant that is dry. Yeah. That's actually a really good tip. Yeah. um, The nitrogen uh, changes. And it, you can actually potentially burn your roots if you're fertilizing a plant that's very dry. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a good tip. I, I, I forgot about that one. But yes, you don't want to fertilize a dry plant. The other thing I was going to say back to like thick leaves. And it's not just the Hindu um, or like the Hoya. It's not just those, but like your strings of, they do the same thing. They'll yeah. get kind of wrinkly when they're overwatered. Same like what you would think they would look like if they were dry. Um, so a lot of your thicker, thicker plants will, thicker leaf plants do that.
0: I've definitely had experiences with not knowing, um,
1: and it, it is hard to know sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, and you just got to get in there and investigate, stick your fingers, like all the way, you're going to get dirty. That's just yep, the way dirty. it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dirty, oh. yeah, Oh, and... sorry,
0: <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs>
2: Oh, there's, you have a dirty podcast? I <laughs> <laughs> have to search the internet now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's this whole note. Look for those succulent videos. Here we thought Manda had the biggest secrets, but maybe it's Chris.
0: We still don't have 20 people who want the videos. So oh, yeah. Can you guys just on? You
1: changed the rules on that right after. Uh,
0: that's because you guys changed the rules.
1: We did not. Yeah. So everybody
2: <laughs> go on, go on to our Facebook, go on to our Instagram and say, Chris, we want to see the video because <laughs> we want to see the video.
0: So Richard actually listened to that episode um which I was so surprised. I was like, "Really? You listened to that?" He's like, "Yeah." Which was great. So he told me that he does have something somewhere. We just have to dig it out. But I'm not doing that until we have 20 people.
1: Okay? Okay, originally it was 10. Yeah, but originally it was 10 comments.
0: 10 10 original people.
1: No, no. The originally it was 10. I listened. I was on vacation, but I listened. It was 10 comments. We made Amanda listen because we had to tell her what happened to her microphone. Yeah, we were,
0: like, we're not telling you until you listen. Uh, Well, it's 20. So, um. Okay. 20 people. <laughs> and if you comment on Instagram and Facebook, that counts as two. It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Two which platforms, is, two copies. Which comp- is why
0: it. I had to change the rules. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um. So you're talking about uh, don't fertilize a plant when it's dry. Right. What happens if you over-fertilize a plant in general?
1: And it happens often. Um, it, it does. It's, it's um, provided that you're not like, oops, I just dumped half a bottle of fertilizer. Like, yeah, you're usually pretty okay. Um, If you know for sure that you have over-fertilized, water. Rinse that through. Fertilizers become salts. Just rinse that through your soil. And it's actually a good idea to rinse through your soil, you know, once a month anyway, especially if you're an avid fertilizer.
2: Yeah. And I think we talked about that kind of like giving your plant a little cleanse. Pretty much, yeah. And just uh, rinsing it through in your kitchen sink or your tub until water runs through the bottom as you're watering it.
0: It can be a spa day. You can light some candles, put on some Enya. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Except for you're not the one enjoying the treatment you have to be the the spa lady
1: you could put on some scrubs or something a nice professional that it helps yeah
0: (laughs) spray some uh sandalwood in the air
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i think we might have just started a business
1: get a little like glass
2: polishing cloth and wipe the leaves dusting (laughs) cloth i use like a chemical free dusting cloth on my leaves sometimes I'm not a went, big duster.
0: I went hardcore with the uh, alcohol the other day on a whole bunch of my plants.
2: And it seems to have worked. So
0: I think I'll, that'll be good. Um, well, I'm just glad
2: you didn't use mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> or milk.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh, if you haven't heard that, listeners, we did talk about not putting food on your plant leaves a couple episodes back. Um, so, yeah. Sue so got a little passionate yeah, about it. I did.
2: It was, <laughs> You know, even when I teach first stage, sometimes we get people that say things like, um, put whipped cream on an infection, put, hey. I know, and actually, to quote. They were like, if you are ever trapped in the woods without a first aid kit and you get an infection, put whipped cream on it. And part of me was like,
1: How first do of you all have you're whipped trapped? cream? Yeah, if you're
2: trapped in the woods, why do you have whipped cream of all things? Oh, you guys don't bring whipped and, cream with you everywhere. And you second go? of all, don't please don't put whipped cream on your wounds and don't put whipped cream on your plants <laughs> or butter on your sunburn. butter on your burns. Yeah, like, there's
1: there's some interesting places for whipped cream we've all seen the internet. Um, that, and that's it, another podcast. <laughs> and an open wound is not one of them. Yeah. Yeah, so so
2: just with your plants, same thing. No Chris food. Is
1: crying, laughing, it's fantastic. <laughs> no food.
2: <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no food. Keep keep, no, no keep food. Keep food in the fridge yeah. and in your tummy and, don't and
0: pee on a don't pee on your plants or Yeah. If you get like a, a, jelly a cactus, dish. if you get a
2: cactus bite, don't don't pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's everybody's answer to everything. Do you pee on that? <laughs> so <laughs> So. Right. Chris is going to need a moment I'm here. Coming, I'm coming back. I'm coming back around. <laughs>
0: She's um, not. It's like a cactus is now the equivalent to an octopus.
1: I think that's jellyfish.
0: I mean jellyfish, thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah any type, gotcha. So now we know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't pee on either of those.
1: Don't pee on either don't, of those. Don't,
0: don't do it. Um well we're going to come come out of the water. <laughs> we're going to talk about sun. Um Sometimes plants need more sun and sometimes they need less sun. So what are the rules around? And I don't, we shouldn't get into lighting because we're going to talk about lighting next episode. Mm -hmm. But let's just talk about if you look at your plant and you can think, oh, you need more sun or less sun.
1: Yeah. What makes you think that? Oh, they're. Okay. So what you need to know (laughs) is they're both staring at me. (laughs) Chris is still crying a little bit and Sue's making a face. That's because I know the answer. I'm just making you talk. (laughs) Okay, so um, lots of times, uh, if your plant's not getting enough light, uh, the space in between the leaves, the internode, right, Uh, the space in between the leaves is going to be quite long.
0: Internode sounds like an 80s, new age band.
1: Right? Yeah. And And next up is the internodes. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Internodes.
0: Okay, sorry. (laughs)
1: So uh, space in between your leaves is going to be quite long. Uh, The new leaves might be quite small. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Some plants like uh, uh, Ahoya carnosa, or they'll actually start producing more chlorophyll. They'll get really, really dark leaves. So if your plants got Mm. really dark leaves, it's it's trying to uh, absorb every little bit of light it
2: possibly can. And that's something I didn't know, because I always thought they got pale leaves.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I have a carnosa sitting in direct sun, and it. it is red.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine's, like, pink. Yeah. So, yeah, if it gets the really dark, dark, shiny green leaves, it's probably because it's not getting quite enough light. Okay. And I always thought it was pale.
0: And, and I think, and I, like I say, I don't want to get into this too much because of next episode, but you can tell if it needs less sun when it's sunburned.
1: <laughs> yeah um and, and yeah so some plants uh especially like thin leaves like pothos that sort of stuff if they're not getting enough light they just they get pale and they, they look sick like you you know spent too long in a dark closet need a little bit of sunshine kind of like anybody from northern alberta looks mm-hmm. like in the spring
0: yeah it's true yeah or else tasty. yeah tasty uh no what if it's your soil how can you determine if your soil is bad and what does that even mean and then
1: what do you do <laughs> they're both looking at me again
0: um i got my head turned to the side like really inquisitive puppy
1: <laughs> what do you do uh soil a tough one it is um lots of times and unfortunately a lot of things with plants um Underwater, overwater, too much light, not enough light, a lot of, and, and poor soil conditions, poor nutrient conditions, they all look the same. Uh, the easiest way to determine that, um, well, A, if you go to stick your finger in your soil and it's like cement, it's not good soil. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if your soil smells um, dirty, uh, like an, a rotten swamp or uh, like your kid's hockey bag. Um, that's not good soil. Uh yeah, there's a number of things. The easiest way, provided that you know, it's not a hard soil, a smelly soil, a soggy soil, go through all of your other things first. Is it getting enough light? Is it getting enough water? Is it getting too much water? When did I fertilize last? And you're like, I'm on point with my waterings, I fertilize regularly, it's getting the right amount of light. Chances are there's something going on with the soil or with the roots. I've had a couple times where I've bought a
2: plant at a greenhouse and like from the nursery, it's in soil and it's like shrunk away from the, from the sides of the grower pot. And then it's like rock hard. There's like some green on the top, some moss. So I always, that's like one of the only times I'll repot like right away. When yeah. When it's hard. Like Amanda said, you can't put your finger. You
1: can't put your finger in it. It's probably time. Yeah, it's either root bound or mm. uh, that soil might not be the best.
2: Yeah, I always think it's the plant that got all the bits and pieces of leftover soil.
1: <laughs> it happens. Yeah, not going <laughs> to lie. It's been it in happens. the soil Absolutely. for like a It was probably or... fine at first, but it yeah. takes a while. kamikaze dive off the, uh, the racking and you're just like, all right, I'll just stuff that back in there and put it back up. Yeah.
0: It's so funny because I'm looking at a list of common kind of houseplant plant ailments. Uh, so as an example. One of the things that's listed here is um, bud drop. So we're, especially as Hoya growers, we're very familiar with bud drop. And two of the uh, reasons why that happens are underwatering or overwatering. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you have to be perfect.
1: Yeah, inconsistent <laughs> watering. And you don't even have to be perfect. You just have to be consistent. Whatever your plant was getting when it started to form buds, keep it. You know that's so interesting cuz I
0: find that I water my plants a tiny bit more when they're flowering and it, it's okay.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. A little bit more is fine. Um if it's a little bit less, they're probably going to drop buds on you. If it's a lot more, they're probably going to drop buds on you.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a common misconception people have because I've seen where people have posted like, "Oh, you know, I keep bud-busting. Well, it needs to have more water." Well, it's growing buds cuz it's using more energy and which therefore it's drinking more water. And so I think that's kind of a common misconception. But yeah, consistency.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. It's, uh, I, that I, I've, I used to say not enough for too much, or else, but no, the, the big thing is inconsistent watering.
2: Okay,
0: that's interesting. Another thing here that I haven't stumbled across before, I'm sure you ladies have though, is spotty leaves. And it's saying watering with cold water or splashing water on the leaves could cause white or pale yellow colored spots or patches. Is that cold water? I've never actually heard that I before. think it
2: depends on the plant.
1: It does. African violets are notorious for getting spotty leaves if you get cold water on the plant. If you need to wash an African violet for whatever reason, and I actually learned this from one of the ladies in our group, as long as you do it with warm water, they should be fine. But you should
0: also, for plants in general, be considering the temperature of your water. So don't crank open the cold water. Mm-hmm. And start dumping water, cold water into the plants because they don't
2: like that, I assume.
1: Oh, no. I Would you? <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, I always make it like lukewarm. Yeah, me too. I don't let my water sit out, but I use rainwater a lot. And that sits, you know, it's in plastic jugs and I have a little pump that I use, a little hand pump. And so that sits. So it's always room temperature. But if I use tap water, I make sure it's pretty close to... To lukewarm as much as possible because cold water does affect some plants. And just like us, you're at room temperature, those leaves are at, or those roots are at room temperature, and then you pour a bunch of icy cold water in, it's probably going to make those roots kind of go just like it makes us when we dive into cold cold Alberta lakes.
0: (laughs) I've seen a few posts lately where folks are showing what looks like fuzz on either the top of their soil Or I saw a post just the other day where there was like these little fuzzy balls coming out the bottom of the soil. Yeah, mushrooms. Yeah,
1: that's that's a fungus. Uh, scoop it off. Yeah. It's a. Is it? Does it hurt the plant or is it just in high quantities un uh, unchecked? uh, Because it sucks moisture. Mm. That it's just gonna suck the moisture away from your plants in high quantities unchecked. It can cause issues, but. it's definitely nothing to panic about. Scoop it off. Keep an eye out.
0: It just look. It looks scary. Oh yeah, I it think. looks terrifying. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. It
1: looks like bed like bugs in a, in a web, almost. Like yeah, a whole bunch of little bug yeah, bugs. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. does look like that. Like, where are yeah. these little yellow fuzzy balls coming from? Oh my god, is my planted to... no? Nobody just... wants fuzzy yellow balls, friends. Yeah, no fuzzy yellow <laughs> no balls. Fuzzy yellow... <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Go go to your uh, silverware drawer and grab your least favorite spoon out of there
0: and uh, <laughs> scoop it out. Don't yeah. don't take a bite though. Uh gross. Okay. So, I think something that happens to a lot of people's plants, brown leaf tips. What's happening there? And I know cuz I have a giant philodendron upstairs <laughs>
2: that has brown leaf tips on it. I think it happens for a few reasons. It can happen from under or over like inconsistent watering. I'll yeah. use that term instead. Um inconsistent watering. I think sometimes it can get the that if it's not getting adequate light or um nutrients i've also had it happen because it's touched something or something has touched it that it didn't really appreciate but i don't know if what's the most common i think low humidity too is a big yeah, yeah depending on the
1: plant yeah uh brown leaf tips uh honestly if it's just a few there are nothing to stress about but yeah it can be the sign of just about anything unfortunately yeah. i have um
2: it's the moon, why am I drawing a blank, but it's the moon Sansevieria that everyone wanted. The moonlight. moonlight
1: yeah, moonlight yeah. yeah.
2: And so it has like a section on it that almost always has brown tips. Yeah. And I cannot figure it out for the life of me. The other sections are fine because there's about four sections in the pot. Like four. Oh, you're
0: talking about like the snake plant moonshine. Yeah, the Sansevieria. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the one, and I have no idea why. Like, I'm ready to just take it out and see what happens. But the tips of it go brown. And I know that there's been a few people that have asked before why the Sansevieria tips go brown.
1: Now, with the Moonlight Sansevieria, um, it's a lighter plant. It's, uh, and you probably find that any heavily variegated one also uh, will require a little bit more light. I know they're a low-light plant. But anything that's variegated needs more light than a solid green one. Absolutely. And uh, probably find out that it's just a touch underwatered. Like I have Sansevierias under grow lights. Mm -hmm. And they're just going gangbusters, not a brown tip to see. But uh, you probably find out it's a lighting issue and like, I've got Sansevierias at home with brown tips. I should probably water them more than every eight weeks. <laughs> That's the thing yeah. is
0: they're kind of easy to to ignore. Oh, yeah. They're I'm so a easy champ at that.
2: Yeah. I, I like them for that reason. That's why they're all in that one room because I <laughs> go in there to see the bird and I don't hang out with the plants as much. Turns
1: out that one that I thought I killed a few episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. I tried watering it. Huh. Turns out it's not dead. Whoa!
0: Nice.
1: (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Probably hadn't been watered in six months. The poor thing.
0: (laughs) I think that this one is interesting: Uh, yellowing, browning, and death of lower leaves. And this list is suggesting that it's a nitrogen or iron deficiency. So, when you're looking at your plant and you are seeing leaf death, it does depend then where those leaves are dying. Absolutely.
1: So if your leaves start dying from the tips. Back, that is going to be, uh, water or roots, because all of a sudden that plant can't get what it needs out to the very ends. If it's getting, you know, if it's got a good base, it's got enough water, it's getting everything out to the very ends, and it starts to die from the bottom up. That's going to be nutrients. Or it can also be light. If you've got a particularly dense, you see it in greenhouses all the time because plants are close together. If you've got a very dense canopy and the light isn't getting through, there's, there's nothing to support those leaves. Interesting. So don't grow a canopy <laughs> <laughs>
0: in your, in your home, home jungle.
2: I also think the bigger your plant is, the more often you're going to have Yellow leaf, like my one that's 29 feet long, um, my, my satin pothos, is I always have a yellow leaf on it. Like almost always. Okay. One or two. If I get a, like a section of it, then I'm going to inspect the plant. But it's long. I get You get yellow leaves sometimes and it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. What are one or two very common diseases that plants get? Because, you know, we, we're talking a lot about environmental um, and also, our of course, our own behavior when it comes to plants. But what there must be a couple of diseases we can look out for that are maybe more common. Uh, what do you mean by diseases? Uh, so, for example, there's some talking about um, powdery mildew. So white powdery fungal growth that starts to take over foliage, and it's suggesting like increasing air circulation as an example. Uh,
1: absolutely. Now, in your home, uh, well, especially up here. Uh, any of our listeners that are In more tropical environments, I'm a little bit jealous. Um, Powdery mildew is um, a beast that comes from high humidity, low air circulation. And that that can be a pain, but it's generally not something like you'll see it quite often where we live outside. Uh, Nine bark is notorious for powdery mildew. Same with uh, cucumbers, zucchinis, squash, (laughs) that sort of stuff. But generally in your house, it's not something you're going to have to worry.
0: Okay, that's cool. Are there any kind of bacterial or fungal um, situations that we do need to worry about inside our homes?
1: Um, they are not as common. Viruses and fungal and bacterial things are not nearly as common as people... Um, sometimes think because we're like, OK, well, I've got to be doing everything else, right? Oh, my gosh. Like, this has got to be something that's out of my control. What you're looking for are leaf spots that are watery, slimy, and smelly. That sounds pleasant. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I kind of think of it like an infection. Like, if you had an infection on your skin, mm-hmm. you would get a weird spot. It usually starts to ooze because that's your body's way of trying to, like, get Absolutely. rid of it. And so the same with the, the spot on your plant. And um, I've seen a few Sansevieria pictures where people, where I think it, it can, you know, happen maybe because of overwatering. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Sansevieria especially.
2: And so they get that spot and it, it looks like an owie at first, but then it gets a little bit, you know, like an infection on a wound. It gets discolored around it. It's going to start to ooze. It's going to start to want to wanna collapse that whole section of that plant. Yeah, because... and you'll
1: see it in, uh, especially you, from overwatering that rot, lots of times it'll get a ring around it. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see it in Sansevieria, cactus, succulents, all things that I don't, well, I love Sansevieria, but the other two, you guys can have <laughs> We it, know how you them. feel,
0: yeah. Madness Microphone. We're coming up to our hour, ladies, and I, I was wondering, is there anything else you think the listeners might like to know about plant
1: first aid before we uh, end the episode? My biggest thing, first aid or not, Everybody, whether you've been growing plants for thirty years, three years, or three days, everybody kills things.
2: Absolutely, I always like to post in our group. I know Amanda does lots too. Um, Amanda actually always posts the things so to bring out your dead. So we show we all show off our dead plants because often kind of we fun. hold on to them for a while. That's why we talked about when our, when we consider our plant dead. But everybody and I. Um, I think I talked about it one episode. I had a spider plant that was dying on me very quickly. I moved it and it died on me and it's in a Buddha head, but it kind of makes me laugh because the Buddha looks all happy and there's this dead plant in it. And yeah, I left that. I posted a picture of it, but it's still up on my shelf.
0: (laughs) We definitely see a lot online people posting things and kind of, it almost seems like they're feeling shame about something dying, but that happens. That's a thing that don't feel bad.
2: I would like to just add that I don't think anybody should be shaming anybody for anything with a plant. It's a plant. It's, it's a hobby, it's good. Do it your way. But don't feel bad. Don't let someone feel bad. I know there's people that like to jump on and give their unsolicited advice, or they're like, oh, eh, you are doing this wrong." Like they do it almost like a, you feel attacked and you feel shamed. Please don't. It's a plant. It's OK. And everybody has struggles with a plant. Everybody.
0: I think it's great to share advice, so we can also be kind. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. That's why I was saying. Like some people just do it in a way where you feel attacked because they're just kind of...
1: I think the important thing to remember on social media is reading somebody's words has no bearing on their tone or inflection. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. That's true. So put a
0: smiley face after it, okay?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway of like plant first aid is we all kill stuff. It's going to happen.
0: Take care of your plants and take care of each other at the same time.
1: Absolutely. same time.
0: Well, ladies, thank you so much for that—a very informative episode. I think that um, our listeners out there will learn a lot, as did I. And for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Um, we love that you like to spend your time with us, and we—we've um, been getting some really amazing reviews on um, lots of podcast platforms. So, thank you for those as well. We really like love seeing your support, and it just as a hobby podcast, uh, it's definitely. So nice to hear that you're enjoying listening to us. And we love the one everyone's like, we can't wait till your next episode. And so that keeps us going. That really motivates us to. Yeah, I was
1: not having anything getting out of bed this morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us online. We are on Facebook, fancy plant uh, nope, start over. Facebook.com slash Plants podcast. We are on Instagram at FancyPlants Podcast. You can email us social at FancyPlantsPodcast.com. Amanda's Amanda's, uh, lip-syncing with me on that. Next episode, as as we mentioned before, is going to be a focus on lighting. And that's especially relevant for us in our northern climate uh, with the sun going down so much earlier and rising so much later. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week when we're talking plants.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Come on, We're sugar mama.
1: Plants.
0: Get your There's green on. The
1: mm-hmm.
2: I love We're a green color. my like
0: and mm-hmm. The Fancy Plants. Oh, yeah.